Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful repeat guest is Arnie Anderson. And we've got a lot to talk about today. Change, for instance. Don't hate the change, she says. Change is here, and we have to just accept it. She says, more than ever, people are stressed. A recent poll by Gal Gallup found 190 million more adults worldwide reported under a lot of stress than in previous reports. While it may appear that stress is just a part of your everyday experience right now, and you can't do much about it, but there is always something that we can do. What is really going on underneath all this stress is you usually resistance to change. Resistance is futile. Resistance to change is psychological phenomenon and it's totally natural. Resistance to change is not something to hate, even though it doesn't feel good, but rather something to embrace and learn about. Because when you do, you can easily navigate through the flow uh, rather than cause yourself some unnecessary discomfort. Ani is a MS, OT, LMT, CEMP, <laughs> the co-creator of Cutting Edge Sensational-Based Motivation Coaching Method. She's a sought-after mind energy, um, body-mind energetics uh, expert who teaches leaders how to grow more clients, keep clients longer, and retain their best staff. She left the Western medicine um, medical system in 2005 to start her own holistic body working practice. And from there, she has successfully moved from wellness practitioner to business owner. She has owned and operated two wellness centers, two international training institutions, and a thriving consulting agency. Her company Motivation Beyond Measure serves entrepreneurs, small business owners, mid-market organizations, cutting-edge training and motivations, resistance to change and wellness uh, matters. She's also the bestseller of Find Your Soul's Agenda, the one word that will make your life feel more successful. Well, we're going to find our agenda today, and that agenda is most certainly don't hate the change. Change is inevitable. Resistance is futile and go with the flow. Welcome back to the show, love. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you again. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here. We, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much we want to argue, resist, or, or, or put up a fight against. Change is a part of life. We change from the moment we're born right to the day we die. And if we stop resisting change and, and ask, okay, which direction do you want me to go in? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a, an issue that we used to think we could kind of ignore until COVID hit and it hit us all. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. And then we realized, oh, you know, I can't avoid it. No. <laughs> even, even if I thought maybe I could. In your face. <laughs> In your face. And for so many people, COVID was um, super, super stressful. You yeah. know, it affected everybody differently and, and everybody navigated differently. One of the things I think was awesome when I would talk to somebody and they would say, 
You know what I'm really seeing as the golden uh, thread here for me really to grow into or really to learn. And then they would tell me about some of the blessings and the challenges. I loved the, hearing some of those stories yeah. because I think that's really an important mindset to have when change is upon us, whether it is a change that is initiated from within or a change that is initiated from without really being able to see that our challenges are helping us to yeah. get more of what we really do want and desire. Well, you know, it's like if you're in a sauna, you're sweating out toxins. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel very comfortable. It can even sting a little bit and you can maybe even feel a bit drained afterwards. But then you feel so much better because you have released it. Yeah. And, you know, we hold on to so much and we argue so much with change instead of like, OK, change is here. Just go with it. How do yeah. I navigate through it? What is it trying to, to show me? Yeah. And if we went with that flow instead of arguing with it so much, it wouldn't be so difficult. Yeah, and you bring up a really great point. It's really draining yes. to hold on to so much. And so people tell me all the time, you know, I wish I had more energy. Mm. And when people tell me that, I'm not recommending that they go out and exercise more. Right. Or they eat more kale. Yeah. Or they take supplements. All of those things are nice and wonderful. But what I'm always recommending is looking at what you're holding on to. Mm -hmm. Like you just said, that's taking so much energy because we have so much more energy available to us in any moment if we're not holding on so tightly. You know, it's like, why am I so sluggish? Well, I've got a, a hundred pound coat on of memories that don't yeah. serve me anymore. And you know, the analogy with the computer, your computer has slowed down. You need to empty your cache. You need to get rid of programs that are no longer working for you. You need to clean things up. Hey folks, you're a computer. You're just yeah. a flesh and bones one. And so you need to delete those things. And sometimes there's even a virus in there and yes. it's going to slow everything down and deteriorate if you don't take care of it. That's darn right. That's absolutely right. And it's a good analogy to have because right, it's this very tangible thing. Mm. I love what you said about old, old programs, mm. right? That are just mm -hmm. draining the system. It's like an application I never used. <laughs> yes. and it's still taking memory and it's still draining the system. Yeah, we need to continually look at what it is that we can, you know, delete, let go of, release so that we can have our our next version of ourselves. Stress, I think, not only through COVID, but through the hurricane of the four or five years before that, the political unrest around the world, the constant hysteria out there and and you know fox news taking a pimple and making it a volcanic eruption over and over and over again and people rational people getting caught up in this hysteria you know because the tornado was just getting so big it was capturing everyone and then that kind of came to end but we're in the middle of the pandemic and we didn't have time to breathe and then with the pandemic is rather like the years before that is we don't know what's going to happen next. What yeah. are we going to be hit with next? I can't project anything over there because I don't know if the rules and the regulations are going to change. Yeah. So we're in a holding pattern and instead of fighting it, we can still plan. We can still yeah. prepare. We can still get ready for when those doors open and stop being so anxious about it. Absolutely. I think that's exactly what we need to do. We need to plan. We need to prepare. 
We need to dream. Mm. We need to desire. We need to put ourselves in a position where we actually are thinking about what the scenarios are that we would like to see. And I I assert that if enough of us are really coming from that frame of mind, that proactive frame of mind, rather than a reactive constantly frame of mind, we actually are going to see changes in the systemic things that really do need to change if enough of us are really putting ourselves in that frame of mind. Mm. You know, um, it's very easy to go, but it's your fault or the (laughs) system's fault or this or that. And it's like, no, these are just, you know, that the page is changing, the chapter is changing, the book is changing. And in many, many ways, you know, um, this whole virus uh, has been, you know, I, I was given a saying, the shake up to, for us to wake up, to step up, to change yeah. it up and to grow up. And the double entendre on that is grow up as, you know, spoiled brats that <laughs> we can yeah. be, but also grow up vibrationally. Is yes. that if we're not, don't, the wind right now, if you just put the wind in one containment and it didn't go, what would happen to our entire system? Things need to be in flow, right? Yeah. They need to constantly in movement. And if you are going to resist that and say, it's somebody's fault, I'm not going to change, then who is it hurting? You. Absolutely, absolutely. I love to recommend because it's hard, right? When it can be, when we're projecting to then figure out how to take responsibility. Um, I'm always a fan of giving permission and acceptance to whatever is happening and then moving yeah. from there. Yeah. So I love to talk about how it's it's wonderful when you recognize that you're pointing the finger or blaming to first allow yourself to be okay with that so that you can move to the next phase where you can take responsibility yes. for yourself. Right. Because I think one of the things that comes up in terms of resistance is not really accepting where we're at. And it can be very difficult to accept our own behavior, can it? You know, because sometimes our behavior is we're not proud of it. (laughs) Right. Right. And so we'd like to just pretend that that's not how I'm acting. Um, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I don't project at all. You project. Um, Right. And so um, taking self-responsibility can be a real brave courageous thing to do. And it takes, I think, a tremendous amount of compassion Mm -hmm. to swim through the layers upon layers of our own lifetimes, shame and guilt and Mm -hmm. our historical ancestral lifetimes of shame and guilt to get to the place where we can see. So, you know, I think acceptance is, um, is really powerful. I can, I can remember a client who was in tremendous amount of self-judgment and we were working on helping her to accept the fact that she's judging herself and mm-hmm. just say like, I'm judging myself right now and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So that she could move to right. a place. And it was really fascinating to watch the process, of course, because what happened was as soon as she could come into a relationship where she was okay with her self-judgment, all of a sudden she was on to the next issue and she didn't even almost remember that right. that's what we were working, yeah. working on. Um, I love how transformation can happen like that because it, it can be challenging to change the subconscious mind and the nervous system. And then when we do, it's almost like coming from this new place where 
oh, I, I almost forgot I did that. Like I, I forgot, I forgot that I used to be like that because now we're, we're a new, um, yeah. when we actually have transformed something. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk to a current situation I'm in. I bought a car, secondhand car a few months ago because my daughter's had a baby and I wanted to be mobile so I could go down and see this gorgeous, juicy, little cheeky yeah. little monster <laughs> that he is. And, um, and I was told, you know, no, it's it's perfectly right. And immediately I knew there was vibration going on. So I thought it's alignment and I took it in. No, the brakes are gone and there's a bench, a CV joint and this and that. 900 bucks later, I come out thinking the car is all right. And I'm driving and I'm, the car shouldn't be vibrating when I'm braking. Yeah. You know, I, this is this is not feeling right. And so I then took it to actually to, it's a Nissan car. So I took it to Nissan and I said, well, they tell me that the, I've got to have a new rim and this and that. Would you just check it over and tell me what you think, thinking that I'm going to save the other $400. And then I get a phone call say, well, your rotors are gone. This is gone. That's gone. It's another $900. And the past me would have been, oh, the person that sold it to me, you know, I overpaid for this car. You should have had me more disclaimer, $1,800 straight after I bought it. You know, and instead, it, instead the guy said, once you have this done, everything's going right because the engine is good. It's a good yeah. car, but these things have been neglected. Once they're done, this is going to be fine for many more years. And it's like, concentrate on that, right? Right. And it's like, okay, a lot of money up front right now. I wish the guy had been more honest, but I bought it without doing my due diligence, right? This yeah. is where I'd like to be right now on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, own it and out of it okay i'm forking out eighteen hundred dollars but i'm going to have a safe car that's going to last me for a long time so if we could turn our thinking around to um okay this is annoying fair enough it's annoying you know you've got to dig deeper into the pocket but at the same time safe car for years to come and look at it that way and be grateful for it but we're not inclined to think that way either we're inclined to think of that <laughs> so true we have this negativity bias and stuff like that for sure i i think that um forking over cash is one of the most challenging things <laughs> in growth for me for sure you know to realize it's not so cash anymore it's plastic so you kind of, you don't know until you look at your bank statement and go ah! <laughs> true. it's it's yeah it's this transfer of numbers it's not yeah. even like holding the cash anymore yes. that's so yeah. funny it's one of my um I, I would say in the past it's one of my least favorite growth opportunities because so often growth opportunities come with forking over cash yes so much grace isn't there in what you're yeah. talking about in terms of being in a different being in a different way for, mm -hmm. with your example with money right yeah. i'm going to focus on the fact that um i'm grateful for the things that are working in my career yeah. i'm going to focus on the fact that I'm grateful that I do have enough money coming in to pay the bills or that I know how to bring the money in right. to pay the bills. I'm going to focus on the fact that there's always going to be enough for me and that these these kinds of ways of thinking are so important and sometimes can be super challenging, especially when we're learning to come yes. into a new relationship, right, with self-responsibility yes. because yeah. our bodies can tell us no, 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 you should be really freaked out about this. Even if we can do the like <laughs> positive talk in, in the head and the body is going, you're nuts right now. We should really be freaking out. Yeah. And so 
there's there's a lot of truth to that and the um working with the emotions again to bring acceptance to what i'm feeling and then working to modify if i so choose what i'm feeling in my body my emotions my sensations you know that's malleable too just like the thoughts are and i don't think i don't think people talk about that enough because there is so much power in our ability to modify our sensations and bring ourselves into a new way of being emotionally we're capable of that i yes. i wonder what the world would be like if we actually as adults really came into a relationship with like i have more capacity mm. to uh, be emotionally independent not as wrapped up in my old stories or in my ancestral stories yeah. my limiting uh, way of thinking i wonder what the world would be like if we taught our children how to be in relationship with yes. their emotions where um, they can shift and change and choose to become emotionally independent. You know, those are, I think, kind of ideals that uh, it would really change the world, I think, and make the world a more peaceful place, um, for sure. Yeah, I'm always saying, you know, our emotions are here to indicate how we feel, pay attention to it, address it, do something about it, but don't become emotional about it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's brilliant. You know, I was reading something, um, actually, it's not so recently anymore. There's a great book out. I'm not going to remember off the tip of my tongue. What it it's will come. When it does, let it pop out. <laughs> okay. It's, it talks about, it's a new concept of um, uh, how our emotions play out in our physiology. And one of the things I thought was fascinating was that our emotions have about a 20-minute shelf life in our bodies, mm. which means that if we're experiencing anger, sadness, negativity, whatever it is, past 20 minutes, we're actively recreating the experience. Right. Mm. Whoa. Makes emotions sense. Are, yes. It? yes. Emotions are so powerful and important. And if we can, like you said, utilize them, pay attention to them, but not get emotional about mm -hmm. them, not continue to recreate, right. that's real power. And well, it becomes a trauma and a drama that you've actually forgotten what it was really about. Totally. You're in the trauma and the drama, right? So it's really mm -hmm. hard to get out of that. And, you know, it's, you can feel it in your chest, you yeah. know, and it's like, helps you be short of breath. And it's like, and your mind cannot have clarity. You know, you know the, the saying, I just had a, somebody who's written a book on uh, Taoist meditation. Um, and it's something that we talk about a great deal in virtually every show, take a breath. And there's a reason for take a breath. Three deep breaths, lines your chakras, right? Sets the whole body calming down. Oxygen is actually going up to the brain and you've got time to think before you react. Yes. Is this really worth getting emotional about? Yeah, yeah. Would I like to consciously continue to create this? Yes. <laughs> Experience. How does this feel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But do, we, do we stop? to ask ourselves these questions because we we seem to have this perpetual button of react 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 yeah. we don't seem to get out of that before we're reacting to something else yeah and i think part of that is that our nervous system sees hears senses in some capacity a threat right which mm -hmm. which sets us into the stress response and i understand that that is necessary in some cases but most cases it's not and since we're living in this modern world i would i would say that probably 99 percent of the time taking three breaths isn't going to put us in immediate 
danger. No. Right. No. So, wow. What a, what a great practice that is to just be able to take a, a pause and then be able to perhaps choose. Yeah. I had a program in my counseling when I used to do it and it was kind of a metaphoric journey that you took and each each reaction that you did told me something about where you were at in life. So it was it was more of a practice to understand where you are in your thinking. So mm. you could actually see what was switched off, what was switched on or how paralyzing or how fluid you are. And one of them was, is you come face to face with a bear and what do you do? Mm. And then one day I was out walking my dog and literally came face to face with a bear just a few feet away. And no, my dog kidding. was, uh, no, the rock was here, the bear was there and my dog was here. And I just called her back, put her on the leash, told her to sit, be calm. And I had a conversation with the bear. Yeah. Thank you very much for letting me walk through your forest uh you are beautiful you are magnificent and i use soft tones my dog didn't feel threatened because mm. i wasn't feeling threatened and then the bear just went on its way and i, I waited that. a moment took her off the leash and she didn't go chasing after it she obviously sniffed around where it was and it was you know part of my program was that's fear facing fear what yeah. are you doing what are you doing about it because running away from it or yeah. running up a tree yeah, <laughs> you know, and sometimes we perceive fear. Yeah, we we know the difference. If we are truly in tune with ourselves, we know the difference between this is something to be fearful about, or this is some fear that I can control and yeah. not invite. And a bear doesn't want to come and attack you for no reason. Yeah, but if you give it no reason, it's not going to attack you. So don't invite the fear. Absolutely. How powerful that is. I'm, it was a wonderful experience, actually. <laughs> I, absolutely. Well, what a, what a cool thing to have something that you teach kind of metaphorically yes. happen in yes. reality. Yes. That's, I can vouch for it. <laughs> exactly. So let's imagine that you met a bear. Oh, by the way, that happened yeah. to me. Twice, um, actually. <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, one of the important things I'm hearing in your story is, you know, is is this important yes. to react to in this way? Sometimes I have clients who will um, be specifically with anxiety. They'll mm. be getting anxiety or stress about something. And when we take a look as we're talking about whether that is, well, first of all, is that an accurate assessment of what's going on? Should right. we really call what's happening to you stress or anxiety? Because oftentimes we're having a more nuanced experience, but we call it stress or anxiety. And when we do that, we're not really being completely accurate mm -hmm. with what's really going on. Yeah. And when we're more accurate, then we have a better assessment, right? So that's yes. one thing. That's one thing. So address, is this actually what I'm feeling? And then, like you said, like, is this appropriate? Because mm. sometimes it is. I remember I was working with a client who was actively working on uh, decreasing her anxiety. And she came to a call and she said, I'm really having a hard time. I had a really hard time yesterday. It, this thing happened and it made me really anxious. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, my daughter, who is a teenage daughter, I couldn't find her in the house. And I got really anxious about it. Now her daughter has um, self-harming uh, incidences mm. and has tried actually to commit suicide. Right. So as we talked about the nuance of this, I said, were you actually experiencing anxiety? And she thought about it and she said, actually, I think I was experiencing panic. Yeah. I said, okay, so let's think about this for a second. You have a child in your house who really could harm themselves and you couldn't find them anywhere 
would it be appropriate that you might panic? And she said, yeah. And then it was all of a sudden, it was like a wash with insight, yes. right? And, and not judging herself so harshly. Mm. So all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, my body works. Yes. I am responding in an appropriate way. And it allowed us then to have different conversations when she was reacting in ways that she didn't want to or weren't appropriate to see that sometimes she's wrapped up in story yeah. and sometimes it's very appropriate. You know, it's the fear of what could happen rather than what is happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's kind of projecting absolutely. the story before the story has been written. Yeah. I, mean, I, so I remember being pregnant with my second child and very, very close, like weekend away from having him. And uh, we're in Amala, my husband is buying new clothes. And uh, our older one, who was 21 months old, she was in the dressing room with him. So I went looking for new shirts and things for him to try on. Come back, he comes out and I go, where's Tabitha? And he goes, what do you mean? She's with you. And I said, no, I left it with you. And of course, I am very hormonal. <laughs> you know, I'm about yeah. to give birth. And we had just seen the movie Adam oh, about geez. the boy that was snatched in the mall and ended oh, up in a suitcase, right? So that played in my mind. I'm running out into the mall talking to the security people. And have you seen this little girl, da, 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 da. And he stopped because he's a psychology major and he stopped for, okay, where would she go? And this was um, late October and they'd already got the Christmas tree up. And where did he find her? By the Christmas tree trying to open up the presents. And so he stopped and thought Aww. about where she could be knowing the little girl that she was and that ooh, Christmas tree as we were going by. Yeah. I immediately went into panic mode. <laughs> yeah. After that experience, I told my kids, if you ever get lost in a mall, you don't go and talk to a stranger, you go into a shop yeah. and you tell the shop, I'm lost. Let them get security, security will find me, yeah. right? And so it became a lesson learned, but of course I went into panic yeah. and he went into logics and we can't yes. think logically if we're in panic. We can't actually, our cortex, our, our cerebral cortex is actually offline. I yes. love that people are actually talking about this now, like from a physiological standpoint, because again, we shame ourselves so yeah. often if we get in a reactionary place. Oh my God, and I wasn't thinking clearly. Of course you weren't because no. your cortex isn't functioning to help you to think clearly. So like, let's just like cut out the self-shame around it. Yeah, you know? that's the last and, thing you need right now. You, you know, it's not part of the equation. Yeah. Be, let's be realistic about it. This is how our bodies work. Mm. You know, this is how our bodies work. And we can do things like you said, you know, like take take three breaths, for example, so that our cortex can come yes. back online. So we can have those higher level thoughts because we're just not going to have them when we're in a stress response. Right. And, you know, quite honestly, when you stop and think things more rationally, logic comes into play. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing about logic, the brain kind of goes into a logical manner, but it can actually speak with the intuition. Yes. Right. And with the intuition, intuitively, I feel and the logics can take that feeling and rationalize the, in, you into action. Mm -hmm. But if you're in panic, no intuition is speaking to you, no logic is speaking to you. And so we're, we're just chasing our panicking tails. Absolutely. I like to think of it like the bars on our cell phone, like there's like uh, three or four, five bars on the cell phone, however many, right? So our conscious mind makes up about 5% of our mind power. So if we think of five bars on the cell phone, mm -hmm. Once we start to go into reaction pattern, we start to lose our ability to consciously watch what's happening. 
And so we get wrapped up in stories and we lose bars. We're yeah. feeling uncomfortable sensations and we lose bars. We have the crazy thoughts going on in our head and we lose bars. And all of a sudden our conscious mind is actually paying attention to all the stuff that's going on in the reaction pattern. Mm -hmm. And we can't possibly be a conscious witness. I, I, I like to think of it like if we can just hang on to one of those bars and just hang on to one of the bars and watch ourselves freak out. Yeah. What a benefit that is because maybe then the next time we'll be able to hang on to two bars right. and maybe be able to do something like a learning curve here yeah. as awareness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To gain awareness. Um, you know, when we, when we remember that all of us, no matter how quote unquote consciously aware we are, we have 5% of that conscious mind power. Um, you know, to watch what's going on in the subconscious mm. mind, to be able to change what's going on in the subconscious mind. But of course, we can't change anything we're not aware of. We all know that. So how, can we keep a hang on to any of that conscious mind to be able to watch the reaction pattern to then start to work ourselves into a place where we can change it? Because we can. I mean, I, I'm for you, did were you, when you were younger, were you more reactionary than you are now? No, no, I mean, I no. was um, uh, when I more became the teen, but wow. actually as a child, I was very sickly. So I spent a lot of time in bed or kind of more on my own. Interesting. So, you know, I was in it. I was in my own dimensional world. And yeah. but when I became a teen and out more amongst people and definitely feeling insecure. Yeah. Then I always felt under attack. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can relate to that as well. It really amped up when I was probably about 15 mm -hmm. that, that the, yeah, that watchful eye, like you said, of feeling like I'm being looked at or judged. Well, you want to be popular. You want to fit in. Yeah. And if you don't fit in, you're the freak, you know, mm -hmm. then you feel there's something wrong with you. And yeah, no, that, then I definitely went through those dark ages, but yeah. as a child, no, I was in my own little wonderment world, you know, but How fabulous. Uh, one thing I want to, to raise up with what you've just said there before that was we have had six and a half years of whirlwind, of panic. Yeah. And everybody is so used to being in that state of panic, the clenched fist, the, the this, the that, the worry, the anxiety, and we just open one finger at a time and it's yeah. like really this is we're coming out of this pandemic right now and we can start taking a deep breath we're going to go into recovery economic recovery health recovery uh recovery of um of our society and uh, we don't want to go back to norm norm wasn't working there is a new norm now which is based <laughs> in kindness caring and love uh, and collaboration and yeah. we're realizing we have to navigate in a different way but we can't do that with the clenched fists so it's it has been you know six and a half years of this and it's like how would you say to people of letting the panic go letting the fear go and be willing to kind of look at the future in wonderment and yeah. expectation and what can it mean for me rather than what can it mean for me <laughs> Yeah, right. How do we change our mindset yeah. around that? Yeah, I, I like to encourage people to lean in on whatever it is that has worked for them in the past or that they would like to explore working with now rather than tell people what to do, mm -hmm. rather to ask people, for example, in the, in the past, what methods have you used to yeah. relax? 
to release. Have you ever had an experience where you have been able to relax or release? Oftentimes people will have something they come up with, whether it's, uh, you know, a lot of times it's holistic stuff, mm. breath work, yoga, Tai Chi, aromatherapy, massage, you name it, right? Like start to look towards, I like to recommend that people open the door where they know there's an open door first mm -hmm. because it lowers the potential for um, risk. And of course our, our subconscious mind will see risk as a potential yes. threat. <laughs> so let's go the easy route. And sometimes people just have a really keen intuition about things that they'd like to try, Yeah, you know? And I'm, I'm always impressed with clients that I have who they already know exactly what it is that they want. It's almost like they need permission from me mm -hmm. to turn the question back around on them. So right. they'll say, what do you think I should try? And I'll say, what do you, what do you think you should try? And they'll say, well, I don't know. And I said, well, if you did have a clue, you know, would you, what mm -hmm. would you say? Or some, something like that. And they'll say, well, I I've been considering meditation. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, oh, okay. So you're considering meditation. Have you explored that a little bit? And then they'll start to get, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So what is it that's going to make you exactly mm -hmm. open the door, widen the gap? What is it that's going to put you on that path to more, like you said, wonderment, I think is a wonderful word to use. Mm, I love the word. Wonderment, curiosity, exploration, mm -hmm. openness. Um, I, I like to think of, you know, we live in a world of duality here. I like to think of it like we're on a, a road and we can either look in one direction or we can look in the other direction. We can talk about that a lot of different ways. But from what you were saying, we can look in the direction of wonderment, curiosity and openness, or we can look in the direction of fear and contraction. Yeah. So pick something that gets you looking in the right direction and then you'll be able to build on that. Right. You know, I kind of feel for so many people without them realizing it, they're in a state of labor, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, um, you know, they've forgotten the, <laughs> you know, the breathing, um, they're clenched, you know, because, you know, when contractions happen and the pain happens uh, and it's like we, we are all going to go through some form of rebirth along yeah. the line of rediscovery of cells. And there's always going to be that painful part of actually in labor. Yeah. And then you give birth to yourself and you see life through different eyes, through different heart, through a different place, all those beautiful things that you didn't see before because yeah. you were clenched. Um, first of all, there has to be the willingness, isn't it? The willingness yeah. to say, this is not working. I need to change my view. Yeah, we, yeah, willingness is everything. So some people would say, yeah, but am I able to? Mm. And I... Or how? Yeah, or how. <laughs> I believe... Well, yeah, and how comes after willingness. Yes. I believe that everybody is capable. I think we have to believe that. We, I yeah. think we have to yeah. believe everybody is capable. I think it's a capable. choice. Yeah. So if everybody is capable, then are you willing? Right. That's the first decision to make. After you decide you're willing then the how can happen. Right. Of course, I'm sure you have all kinds of ways to talk about how the, the how is in any of our business and it'll be taken care of and all of that stuff, right? Like <laughs> the universe will figure out the how, but without the commitment that I am yes. willing, those doors can't open for us. Right. I mean, life is an inside out job and we, we have been reacting to the outside in and it's been shattering our in, it's been keeping us in the cave. Yeah. You know, kind of afraid of, you know, what's outside, you know, and it's like, I'm a getting over, 
you know, it's yeah. a new world you can go and plant now and new beginnings that you can have. Um, and if you don't, we're, the Armageddon is just going to continue. So it's, it, we've got to look at some point, where's that courage? Mm -hmm. You know, do I have the strength for this? Yeah, I do. Do I have the courage for this? Yes, I do. Do I have the abilities? I don't know. Let's discover. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we've got to have a sense of that wonderment over ourselves. Yeah. What if it is possible? What if yeah. I could really do this? And how do you know if you can do it or not until you try? Until you try. Yeah. And develop the endurance, right? Yeah. I was doing an, a new, yeah, and resilience. I was doing a new meditation today, actually, that required me to hold my hands over my head in a circle for mm -hmm. nine minutes. And I found that my arms were really getting tired. And so once or twice, I kind of put them on my head to relax. And I thought to myself, wow, I can't even hold my hands over my head for nine minutes. I have to develop the endurance to mm -hmm. be able to do this meditation so that I can really do it the way that it's supposed to be done. And I was reminding myself how important it is to develop these these physical endurances so that spiritually we can really fill ourselves up whether it's you know being able to sit quiet for you know five minutes 20 minutes whatever it is that is our personal edge whether it's holding your hands over your head yeah. whether it's being able to dance longer whatever it is yeah. for you and your own personal practices um where is it that we can develop more resilience and, and strength and courage and uh, capacity in our bodies so that we can be filled up spiritually. I mean, meditation is a form of in-tunement, right? In-tunement. In I love that. Yeah, so that's good. When we're in-tuned with ourselves, we're working on that frequency. Yeah. We're working in that vibration and we know where the rhythm is, where the flow is. And we know we can count on that rhythm and flow always to take us where we need to go. Yeah. But unless we're willing to intune ourselves, go in and find that rhythm, find that frequency of life. What is it that helps you relax and go in? What helps you that lifts you up and, and helps you go out? And if we're not in tuned with ourselves, how are we going to know that? Right. The fixing is not on the outside. It's on the inside. <laughs> It never ceases to amaze me to hear stories with clients, my own experiences, um, even in interviews while we're sharing stories like this over and over again. When you try to fix things on the outside, they're just not sustainable. No. It's just not sustainable. No, because you're still shattered on the inside and yeah. nothing you do on the outside is going to make you feel good in. Yeah. Now you yeah. can do things on the outside that are projected in. Sure. Sure. Right. Exactly. But if yeah. you're doing things on the outside, like new car, new outfit, new this, new boyfriend, <laughs> you know, in, in, I'm sorry, until you work on the inside, none of that is ever going to be satisfactory. No, it's not. I work with business clients who uh, come up with these technological solutions that they're going to put in place in their organizations to fix their problem. And I always say, hang on. Right. If you put a new tech solution on top of a crappy frame of mind, right? What you're going to get is more chaos because now you've got to manage your crappy frame of mind and technology that probably isn't going to work too well for you because 
you've got a crappy frame of reference. You programmed it with the crappy frame of mind. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. It's just going to create more problems for you. And I think we're, we live in such a technologically yeah. rich world now. And there are wonderful tech solutions. I'm not saying don't use tech. Exactly. We're using it right now. Yeah. Use technology, but you've got to still work on the inside because otherwise whatever it is on the outside isn't really going to like fix well, I mean, what are we looking? We're looking at programming, yeah, right? Exactly. And we're talking about the inner programming. And if the inner programming is off kilter, that is going to be the program you're going to do externally. And you're going to wonder why you're not getting different results. Yep. Let's turn the tide to businesses right now, because there's an awful lot of businesses that are, you know, many have had to close up or, you know, yeah. the pivot was so much and or they're, they're hanging on by the nails and, you know, kind of slowly we're coming out, slowly we're going back, but they're having to retrain people and yeah. do people work from home? Do they work in the business? You know, who are their clientele now? And it's a whole new pivot. It's a whole new direction. And so it's a whole new stress level. Yeah. And it's like at the same time, though, if they could step back and look at it from a broader spectrum, they realize actually their world opened up businessly yeah. quite oh, yeah. exponentially. Yeah. And so why not look at the, the, the panoramic screen rather than just the little, you know, 14 inch one? <laughs> yeah. I think right back to the beginning of our conversation, what are you holding on to? I yeah. see employers and employees wrestling right now because employees, some employees want to stay home, for mm -hmm. example. Some employees want to go back. Right. Um, and employers want them to do what they want to do. Right. If we can stop holding on again so tightly to what we think needs to happen yeah. or how we think it needs to be. And like you said, be in wonderment, take 10 steps back, really take a peek at this. There's actually win, win, win solutions everywhere to have a whole new way of doing business. I'm really excited about it. I mean, yeah. I... I, like many businesses, we lost a lot of opportunity. We were in the pivot, pivot, pivot. It was hiring mm. to refigure it out five different times. Right. Or more. And every time you do, another rule or regulation comes in. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The rules would come in and things would drop out. It was like, oh, my goodness gracious. So just, just like everybody else, you know, our business went through those things. But we constantly were looking for where is the opportunity to have us to for us to have more of what we actually want here. And I think that there are there. I know that they exist, those opportunities for everybody to get more of what it is that they really desire everywhere. One yes. of the things we really need to do is we have to have honest conversations. Like yeah. for an employer, for example, when they're butting up against the employee to just, somebody's got to say, and I think it's the leader's job, stop, hang on, hang on a second here. Let's just like, let's just have a restart. What is it that you really want? So I hear you want to stay home. Tell me a little bit more about why. Like, let's care about each other to ask these kinds of questions. Right. Because when we do, we find out what's really going on. And then we can come up with really cool solutions. It's a great time to be creative. Right. I mean, we don't want the you know, focus on results driven. We want to turn on purpose driven, which brings about good results. Right. And so, you know, when we're in purpose and like, you know, George says, you know, like my, my, um, son-in-law um he's gone back to work he, he took 10 weeks off for maternity leave and he's gone back to work um but they're allowing him to work from home because he has a newborn now he's a government worker so he will eventually have to go back into the office but i know he's going to want to work sometimes from home bottom line is is he doing his work yeah is he is he getting those results done because if he is getting them done and this works for him for his peace of mind 
then let it be. Yeah. Right. I know yeah. who needs to dictate. You've got to be. And so many people. I had a 10,000 square foot office and now people want to work home. OK, that <laughs> works for me. I cut the office in half. I yeah. save money. I put that money elsewhere. And Absolutely. it's like stop holding so on to what was. Yep. And understand things are different now and adapt and adopt. Yep. Absolutely. It gives us all an opportunity to have more of the life that we want when we really look at it. I think that, you know, the whole concept of leadership is is changing too, just like everything else is changing. And so leadership of the past used to be this idea of more of a hierarchy. Yes. I say there's no hierarchy anymore, but, you know, more of a hierarchy and more of a, this is what we do and dictating down from the top, yeah. even in terms of like companies having a vision and then employees need to come and work work within that company vision as if we're not going to say now we would say to somebody what's your purpose and right. how does that dovetail with the company's purpose so we can both have a really good experience here that's not the way it used to be no. we need to evolve our concept of leadership and and actually i i in my new concept of leadership and and those leaders that i'm talking to that i'm really trying to influence with this it's like when we let go we we actually um it's it's more energizing for us it's very depleting to try to hold on to these new ideas when they're actually they're just not working anymore right so you're depleting yourself and yes. so we can be in a in a position actually to really energize both parties or all parties involved we really are in a place where we can really source that energy from within to have a shared great experience that's possible it wasn't possible in the old way of leadership no it is possible to be in a new relationship like that now where we we really all can be energized we don't have to be so codependent and feed right. each other's energy like that we, we don't want the lording over we want the working together um yeah. i had a wonderful woman on beginning of panda of the pandemic and uh her job came to a complete standstill and for 30 years she'd been going into corporations and working with the managers of the each different departments how to cohesively talk with one another so that they can help each other in each other's department and she says but i can't do that anymore and i said okay you can't do that right now change managers into entrepreneurs ah. find entrepreneurs in the same type of business you know, that is complementary, create the same course that you know that works for them, bringing them together. How can they share each other's, you know, problems and successes and support one another? And it's the, exactly the same platform, but just different people that can benefit. It, yeah. it doesn't mean throw your knowledge out with the bathwater. No way. It just means your knowledge now needs to reach a different audience due to these circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love this movement about bosses becoming more like coaches. Yes, yes. I love that. I mean, what an empowering way to be as a leader. You yeah. mentioned the Tao. One of my favorite Tao quotes, and I'm not going to get it quite right. I'm not, I'm not even going to try, is about how um, a great leader or a masterful leader can step back and look at the results and, and people will say, wow, we did it ourselves. Yes. It's one of yes. my favorite favorite elements of the Tao in thinking that a great in a great leader, the people will think that they did it themselves. Like that's masterful leadership right there. That is seeding, watering, nurturing. Yeah. And then you see the whole garden grow before you. 
right? Yeah. And everybody knows that they were part of that seeding and that yeah. planting and that growing. And that, that, as far as I'm concerned, is leaders creating leaders. Yes, yes, exactly. What a, what a wonderful concept to think about mm. where, what if we could all be leaders like self leaders, like yes. we want people to be yeah. able to lead themselves, and yet we keep these these old ways of keeping people contained. You know, they, it doesn't work like that. No. I love your your metaphor about the garden because now, granted, I kill things in the garden, so I'm not <laughs> actually planting. I'm good with people. I'm not good with plants. I am, but I've got. Black I appreciate plants. them. I don't plant them. <laughs> yes. I, yes. However, it is my, it's my understanding that when one gardens or we, we live in a very agriculturally rich place, so there's lots of farmers around. Right. There's a tremendous amount of work that goes into the little seed and getting the seed to germinate and sprout and taking care of the sprout and then planting the sprout and you weed it and you weed it and you yeah. water it and you nurture it. Right. And then there comes to a certain point in the planting process where you kind of can step back because the yes. plant's hardy enough that it can yes. take care of himself, care of itself. Yeah. And then at some point it will fruit and it will flourish. Mm -hmm. And like the, at that point, the farmer needs to harvest or the, yeah. you know, the gardener needs to pick the flowers or whatever. But there is this part of the process of the growing process where you actually step back and the plant's hardy enough to take care of itself. And that's one of the reasons I love your metaphor. Cause well, I, I call that allowing. Yeah. Right. Allowing, yeah. allowing it to naturally take form, not dictating, you know, not pulling at the roots saying, come on, hurry up and grow. I've got a deadline. You oh, know, right. it's it's allowing it to grow because you are nurturing it. If we did that to our children, if we did yeah. that to each other, if we did that to our businesses, uh, our communities, we would respect the flower that we all are in the garden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, and what a beautiful garden we would have. My metaphor for life is that we're all born with a gift, an instrument. We learn how to play that instrument and then we find the right orchestra to join, mm -hmm. right? And that orchestra creates a symphony that then becomes invitational to everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, we are responsible for our instrument. Yes. So, you know, somebody may be very good at turning over the soil. Somebody yep. may be very good at the seeding. Somebody, I'll do the watering, yep. you know, and it's like, oh, I'll provide the shade. And each one of them creates that orchestra. But when they get set back and they look at the flourish of that garden, and they go, wow, we did it. Yeah. And that's what you want to hear. Yeah. We, we did it. Did it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I was just sharing, I love your orchestra metaphor. I was just sharing that with an organization that we're working for as well, where there was a little trepidation in, um, we were doing some assessments with their people. So, you know, how do we get people to step up and, and suggest things? Like, I'd like to take this and I'd like to take that. And we were talking about, you know, let's assess people. And we use um, an assessment called the motivational maps. It's one of the assessments that we use, right? And so we were talking about how once we know everybody's motivators through this assessment, it's going to be like an orchestra where, you know, sometimes the triangle, you yeah. know, is like yes. that, that thing that you're like, oh, it just makes the whole thing snappy, yeah. you know, or the boom, boom, boom of the drums, you know, like, so you can... Yeah, so you can really have all of those different mm. elements that you you might even think that they're in opposition, but when they all come together yes. in harmony, it's just really brilliant. I mean, that's um, that's a, a good feast for the ears and the heart and the soul and the spirit. You know, it is to have yeah. all of that stuff. Mm. There's this concept again in in Taoism um, about uh, harmony and balance and 
like sometimes we talk about balance and we think about balance as like, you know, mm -hmm. had this one thing and this other thing and how do I get this one thing and the other thing to kind of balance out. I love to think about the concept of harmony and we don't talk about mm -hmm. harmony as much as we talk about balance, but harmony is this idea that like everything's active, but it's all playing together in that orchestra at the same time. Complimentary. Yeah, totally possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all complement. See, the thing is, the orchestra knows, even if there's a soloist there, that orchestra is only going to sound as good as everyone working together. Now, there exactly. may be the conductor. He's got that responsibility of, you know, directing everyone. You may have the soloist. They've got that big responsibility. There may only be the triangle, but that triangle makes that piece of music. And it's like nobody's got a hierarchy over the other because it's together they create. Yep. Right now, they could play individually and sound wonderful, but put them together and it's a feast. It's magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if they were, if one decided to play louder or different over the other, because I'm going to show you, you know it, and it throws everybody off balance. The whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. I was taking a trip to Toronto with my family one uh, holiday. It was a few years ago, and we went to see our, our kids like um, the video game, The Legend of Zelda. And so we saw that there was an orchestra playing the Legends of Zelda. And we, we didn't know exactly what it was about, but we thought, well, you know, this sounds really interesting. We're going to go see. Oh, my gosh, it was so cool. So on the big screen, they had these clips of the video game, the Legends of Zelda. And they had the orchestra playing the live music mm -hmm. for the video game. And they had the, uh, the singers in chorus singing the music with the orchestra, mm -hmm. with the, with the mm -hmm. screen. And it was just like a my it was an experience right i mean so a often <laughs> it was so often businesses at this point in the game want to create experiences right. for their clients experiences for their staff and we need to think about all of the elements coming together for an experience it's no yeah. longer enough to just think about little things in isolation like right. i know what we'll do for motivating our employees we're going to give them a bonus period, non to the next thing. Like, right. no, there's so many things we can do to be able to bring an experience to our people. And turnover is a huge problem right now. There's, um, what are they calling it? The great um, resignation. They're calling it the great resignation. <laughs> turnover is a huge problem right now. You want to keep your people, create an experience, and they're not going to want to leave. Well, not only that, it's that everybody wants to have a sense of loyalty and that the company is as loyal to you as you are to the company. Yeah. Right. We want to know that we count, that when we go into business, you validate, you know, you, you appreciate our contribution and that you're looking out for us as much as we're looking out for the company. You yeah. know, my son has a restaurant and, uh, you know, I, I told him when he, before he opened, it's going to be like having twins. And then he opened <laughs> and he came back to me, he said, you lied. It's like having triplets. <laughs> and right now, quad, quads, because, you know, you've got front of house. Yeah. You've got back of house. You've got clientele. You've got suppliers. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got the city with all the rules and regulations that goes on. And then, of course, you have the COVID uh, regulation. You're open, you're closed, you're this, yeah. you're that. And like yeah. on Sunday, it was 55 in the kitchen in the, oh, the wow. it was so hot. So he closed early and he said, look, folks, I'm sorry, I'm closing Monday. It's too hot for my staff. Yeah. Right. And he, that the staff know he'll put them first. Yeah. The staff know, he says, when you come and work here, it's family. Yeah. I expect you to work. And when I ran restaurants, I was the same too. When we work, we work. 
our clients come first. Yeah. Afterwards, we play. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's being there supporting one another. It's not about that's my table and my tip. It's right. about uh, can you help me at that table? I'm busy right now. And it's everybody pooling in together because, and that's what he does with the tips. They're all pooled in together and it gets shared equally out to everyone. Yeah. So, you know, and that means everybody can help one another in whatever table they're at. Yeah. If you don't put your people first, why would the people put you first? And they yeah. want to know that their eight hours a day, whatever it is, is something they want to get up in the morning. I look forward to going to work. Absolutely. I look forward to what we're doing right now. I look forward to what we're accomplishing. And look what we did last week. What can we do this week? We want yeah. those eight hours to be good for them because yeah. that also comes back on their home life. Absolutely. It's the people that create the systems yeah. in business and it's the people who maintain the systems in yes. business. The systems aren't working without the people working the systems. I am, I've done a lot of shows in business on pivoting in this last year, last year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, but what I really enjoy, and I did um, a wonderful series called Let's Get Synced, and it was about the emotional climate around climate change. And you can't get a company to change their climate change practices until they change their mindset around climate change. Right. And I was interviewing a lot of more European and, and um, Eastern people. And it was just so wonderful to see how many corporations, governments and businesses have completely changed the way they're conducting their business, not only environmentally, but the environment of the business itself. Right. And, and each one of them are saying our productivity is up, clientele is happier, you know, uh, the staff are happier, uh, everything along the line is more productive. And have you also noticed how many times now you get surveys from companies? How was our service? How yeah. would you rate it? How can we improve? Right. And by participating yeah. in that, you're helping them improve. It's not a, a gripe and bitch. It's yeah. about, well, I feel you could improve here or I really enjoyed that service. And that helps them improve their service. Yeah. But we never used to have that. It was get stuff like care. I've got your money, but not yeah. anymore because a bad a testimony on a company is is far more damaged than 20 good ones <laughs> yeah and it goes really far nowadays yeah. right with social media and stuff exactly i mean i remember the days when you couldn't get a human on the telephone if you needed customer support well that was still there <laughs> it, it can happen <laughs> yeah it's more rare than it used to be right like those kinds of things are intolerable to me yeah. nowadays with companies yeah I, I, I mean, I've, I've booked a flight to Montreal with my wonderful 88 year old landlady. It's her hometown. And we're going there and she's going to show me Montreal. And she's like a kid in a candy store. She can't Aww. wait. And I realized that one of the flights I booked for coming back, I thought it was an hour and a half stopover and it ends up being a four hour stopover. So I wanted to change it, yeah. change it online. No, we can't change this one. You have to talk to someone. Try to talk to them. There's a four hour wait. Oh my and then goodness. eventually we can call you back, oh, next week. And, but oh my, my deadline was today without having to pay for the change. Yeah. And so I've tried on chat. I've tried to get reached to them. I've tried the questionnaire. I've tried phoning. I've tried everything. Still not got through to anyone. And it, it is like in this day and age, not acceptable. No. Not, not acceptable. Anymore. Nope. You can't get away with that stuff no, anymore. No, <laughs> no, exactly not. So, you know, this is the thing is, Yes, you can use the technology. It's marvelous when you put it in right as, as being a connective with your, you know, Amazon does it. How was the pasta? Did you like it? Can you recommend it? And when you're buying something, you read the recommendations of what people feel about it and you're buying with more confidence. Very, very smart. 
and you know more and more are getting that way very very smart because if your customer's not happy they're not going to buy from you and it doesn't matter who your staff are yeah. right if your staff aren't happy they're not going to produce a good product yep. and you know and it's as you talked about the balance before yeah you know a lot of people think balance is even no i'm a libra right. i'm a yeah. libra the balance i'm talking about is constantly being able to be in flow the seesaw movement what i don't want is the extremes of high yeah extreme high and extreme lows it's again back to that rhythm of Absolutely. constant flow yeah and people think that balance is about compromise right i remember i had heard i had um hired a my husband and i had hired a therapist once and we were trying this new therapist and midway through the conversation she said something about how we had to compromise and i said okay we got off the call and i said we're not using her because i don't believe in the philosophy right. where we each have to give something up right i i really believe in in the win 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 solutions there are solutions that are available to everybody to get more of what they want that support the staff the leadership the company the consumer everybody gets better 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 experience that that's possible that's my mindset that's what i adopt that's what i teach and i'm sticking to it <laughs> yeah but that comes down to management yeah you know like in a relationship you want you to be whole your husband to be whole and when you yes. come together you're a beautiful us yes beautiful whole beings that have come together cohesively to make beautiful interlocking us but without losing yourselves yeah. Right? You're bringing the best of yourselves to the us. That's exactly. the same with the business. Yeah. You want people to come together and create that us. And it's not a question of having to give something up, but what it is is time management, yeah. right? Of yeah. where it is appropriate and when it can be spent. So yeah. it's like, no, don't give that up, but we need to uh, set a time aside that you can do that then because yes. this needs to be done then so everything yep. can happen it's just management exactly exactly which is again one of the reasons why i love this idea of bosses and managers becoming mm. coaches yes because we yeah. get to enter into a whole new relationship with the people who can teach people yeah. how to manage their time how to manage their emotions how to manage themselves how to manage communications right like there's so much we can set up with culture um and i think this idea of leadership and managers being coaches helps us to come into a relation with that stuff i just had a young man always going to be the same show this week you know the same time nate rifkin riffin and he literally talked about kind of going from suicide to happiness and it was he always felt entrepreneurial he always felt that you know he'd be a wanted his own business and and he always had brilliant ideas and he but he would fail over and over and over again nothing would work and and people would say you know you've got to think rich and to grow rich and you've just got to you know um put everything in it and the money will come and then all of these things went flat yeah and and it's like you know he got suicidal he became a drunk and all of that and bottoms out cosmic two by four and then turned his tide you know he discovered Taoist meditation yeah. right and that became his a redirect and then he realized the one step at a time and that my business is only going to be as good as I feel about myself, as yeah. I feel secure in, my, in myself, as I'm doing it for the right reason, as I really do care, this is something meaningful to me. And now his business is thriving, right? Yeah. And he found the love of his life. 
Yeah. So in business, we don't want people at the top who are very dysfunctional and that haven't worked on themselves because they're going to trickle <laughs> that down to everyone else. They right? do whether they realize it or nope. not. Yeah. It never ceases to amaze me when leaders come to us for some kind of support or advice and they ask us, you know, here's our problem. What do you think we should do? And I would say every time, I think it's every single time we've said, the first thing you need to do is you need to work on you. Yes. That's what you need to do first. Yes. And then they don't always take us up on that. So they'll say, right. I think the first thing we need to do is work with the management team. And we'll say, okay. So we work with the management team. And what happens? We find we really need to work on the leadership. Yep. Happens every time. You got to do it. Yeah. You gotta do because, it. you know, the leadership is the, the vision, right? And the management is helping that mission of that vision happen. But if there isn't a succinctness there, if you're not on the same frequency, not on the same page, and this person is like, well, I'm out to make profit. I'm out to do this and that. And the other say, but I'm, I've bought into the mission. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like, well, cross purposes here. But the boss will uh, signs the checks. So what he says goes, yeah. things start, you know, like the Lego thing starts crumbling down. Yeah. So, yeah. You work on the top. Yeah. And, and you change their idea of what their mission is, what the purpose is. Yeah. And that will we'll start reflecting down. Yeah. Yeah. When businesses want to save money, you know, because businesses don't want to spend more money. Right. Then work on the leadership. Yes. <laughs> That's going to yes. save you a lot of money in the long run. <laughs> and, you know, if you give voice to the people that are quote, quote, supposed to be at the bottom, like have a damn good conversation with the janitor. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. can he tell you a lot, right? Yeah, you know? totally. And it's like, sees all, you know, hears all. And, you know, I yeah. always say, if you walk into a building that's dirty, immediately your perspective is that this company doesn't care. Right. right? So your janitors set the stage for you. And yeah. if you talk to that janitor, they, they're observers. They can tell you, right? Yes. So there is none of this, well, I'm bossing on what I say goes. Yeah. If you really want to know, invite the janitor out for lunch, right? Where do we need to improve? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Darn right. Absolutely. That's the kind of leadership we need nowadays. Yeah. I don't you think that's happening? I really do see I a do. lot of that happening now. Especially I do too. More, more so. I mean, I've been in, I've been in this kind of business for like 20 years now. And, you know, 20 years ago there, we would say things like this and we had to whisper them behind closed doors and 10 years ago we need we could start to kind of talk about it in public and maybe people would understand and maybe they wouldn't but people are really getting it now yeah it's the proof is in the pudding people are beginning to see that and uh you know it works and yeah. you know other companies well how come they're working you know like, <laughs> you know they're, they're making a lot of profit and i don't understand why they're not doing it the way i do it and uh, exactly. hello right well why don't you That's... ask them what they're doing yeah <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for it. And, uh, you know, if we're willing, if we are willing to accept the change, it all goes back to that word change. Yep. Yep. And, you know, nothing stays the same. Now, your principles, your morals, your, your reason why, yes, those can be your foundation because every single thing needs a good foundation. If it's crumbly, everything is going to fall down, however great it is. The, the core values of who you are, what you represent and what you want to achieve, 
that's where you need to get. And when you come from that core value and you're willing to be flexible and you're willing to pivot and you're willing to listen and to learn and adapt and adopt and grow, yeah. then the sky is the limit. Yeah. And helping other people be in that yeah. relationship too, right? Like yeah. not just doing it for ourselves, but helping other people to be in relationship. That's one of the sticky points that I'm seeing now. There are more and more people who are willing to bring themselves into a relationship of growth. Yeah. The next step, I think, is people who are really willing to not just step into that place within themselves, but to really be in a place where they're willing to empower other people rather than needing to be the person who has all the answers. Do you remember the movie Nine to Five? <laughs> yeah. I Dolly Parton, really. Jane yeah, Fonda, yeah. Lily Tomlin. Right. Yeah. And how they <laughs> bound the boss up and kept him out of the vet and, and, and completely <laughs> changed it. And it's like, wow, these changes are great. They're really working. And it's like, <laughs> moms with kids could leave at an earlier to go and pick up a kid or there was a crash there on the business. And, yeah. and everybody was at more, uh, their mind was more at ease yeah. so they could actually contribute more to the business, right? Yeah. Exactly. When we're all tied up and stressed yep. up and you know, we're just not yep. going to be able to have the energy free right. to be productive and motivated. Um, we're seeing a hell of a lot at the present moment of a problem with uh, daycare. Mm, and yeah, it is yeah. exceptionally expensive. B, it's very hard to actually find. So yeah. that means that companies are going to either have to produce something in the company if it's big enough. And, you know, it's cheaper for them to have a crash there with a caretaker and the mums can go at lunch or dads or whatever. Yeah. Check out the kid. They feel more relaxed and peace of mind. They haven't got to go and drop the kid off the babysitter and then go over there. You know, yeah. it's all one place. You know, when you take care of other people who are having to take care of other people. Yeah. You know, then, then you actually find, well, not only have you got the loyalty, but you've got their full attention when they're there. Yeah. And it just seems to make sense to me. And the other hand is, yes, work from home. Maybe come in once a week for a general meeting because it's easier to get a sitter for once a week, right? Yeah. But this is the time that businesses have got to step back and say the old status quo does not work. We've got to be flexible. There's a new navigation ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And first and foremost, I've got to work on me. Yeah. And then, you know, again, I'll reflect back to my son. He just recently had a six-year breakup uh, from a relationship and they she was still working in the restaurant and they were still friends and then mm. she announced she was engaged oh, just boy. like that after three weeks of meeting someone and Ooh. you know it kind of knocked him back plus when the pandemic uh, came out he had snapped his achilles oh, and goodness. so he was in a plaster cast and it was like you know he was on the you know at the phone taking orders with his leg up on the chair. oh goodness gracious and so he has had a year and a half of intensity yeah. And his staff wrote him cards and said, it's, it's time for you now. It's time Aww. for you, boss. We're here for you. Go and take some time off. That's so cool. And, and then that's because they recognize he's been there for them, but now he needs that time yeah. in order to be a better boss himself. And yeah. that's something we need to look at. We look at the boss and, well, you're getting paid the big money. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. And we need to be more caring and concerning over the people around us. I agree so much. That's the kind of culture that we need to, yeah. to have. Um, the, the story of your son is so poignant to illustrate that yeah. everybody's people. Yes. We're all people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you look upon the people in your business, whether it's a small business or a huge conglomerate as your family. Yeah. 
right? Now we know how some people treat their families. And if you treat your family that way, I don't want to work for you. But, you know, if we can look at it as it's a family atmosphere that we're all there for each other you're not the dysfunctional one you know yeah i think before you take the job look at the boss's background it's it's so true i mean we work with leaders and sometimes i'll ask about home life and they're like what does that have to do with anything and i'm like how you treat your um your partner your husband your wife i mean this matters in terms of what kind of person you are. And sometimes people don't want to talk about it. I don't really want to talk to people who don't want to talk to me about it because the same person you are at work is the same person at home. It's not like you're switching out bodies and minds and brains and it's the same person. (laughs) If you're an a-hole, you're an a-hole everywhere, right? You know, and it's like, you know, in the past that was just kind of the nature of businesses. And you know, we've gone way beyond that now. We we're not going to put up with that shite anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, as you said, uh, resignation going on here right now with people going, yeah. I, I don't know how many people I've talked to and said, you know, a big corporate job, flying here, flying there, forget it. I can do just as much by Zoom and then yeah. go surfing between appointments uh, as I could wasting time at airports and this and that. And it's, uh, or, you know, some people saying I retired, but came back as a consultant and I'm yeah. working my own time. And uh, right. And the, th- the thing is, is we've got to look at what works for us, because if it works for us, it's going to work for the company. Yeah. Let's help everybody have a life. Not I, I, I like to think about uh, instead of work life balance, like integration, one person. Right. How can we have a life we love? If you're not in a job you love or a career you love, then you're going to bring that dissatisfaction home with you. Yeah. And vice versa. And vice versa. (laughs) And it's like that balance, that harmony, you know, you've got to be willing to work on yourself so you can bring that equilibrium to wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And that if you do have a problem in, you know, going back to the emotions before, don't become emotional of it and go, I'm angry. Okay. Well, what's making me angry? Well, really, they didn't do anything wrong. I'm just pissed off. It's a past memory or it's something I don't want to do. Okay, suck it up and do it or do deal with it, right? But then don't get emotional in it. (laughs) And when we're aware of those things, we become more cognitive of our own reactions. Oh, you know, all right, all right, all right. I've got 20 minutes before this becomes a set pattern. You know, I better hurry up and change the way I think, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of power to influence the experience that we're having at home, at work, and the experience that we're having with others. You know, when a kid has a tantrum, we say timeout. Just go and calm down, take a deep breath, you know, go wash your face or hands or, you know, go for a little walk or something um, and then come back when you feel a bit calmer. If they're completely out of control, um, if you can put on some very loud music and say, let's jump up and dance. And then kind of <laughs> they're spending that emotion there. Um, if I really wanted to piss my kids off, I sang opera. Anything to shut me up. <laughs> right. But what I've done is diverted them from whatever the issue was. Right. And sometimes we just need somebody to pivot us. We, we, we're cutting this grind and then someone just to 
be silly billies or change your perspective and all of a sudden oh, you've snapped out of it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes our inner three-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old, whatever it is, comes up, right? Like yep. those things happen. Our subconscious <laughs> mind does not know how old we are. <laughs> And sometimes that is what's happening. Right. Just want to have a little tantrum. Yeah. Right? So, okay, go and yeah. have it, you know, but yeah. let's, let's, let's divert, you know, how it actually is going to manifest, you know, exactly. and uh, um, because we expect we're going to get angry, we're going to get frustrated. That's part of life. That's part of things going wrong. Like, you know, another 900 on your car. Yeah. That, you know, I wasn't exactly happy about that. Yeah. You, know? um, you have to go for the, and to, okay. You, know, you have to get there, right? And it's like the more skills we have in knowing how to go from that to that, the more we can apply it to every aspect of our life. Absolutely. Home and business and helping others. <laughs> right. I know, um, I always say the village is only as strong as everybody's participation, mm. including the village Iliad. Everybody, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Everybody has a role to play and that village is only as strong as they are together and everybody's stepping up in their role, like the orchestra. Yeah. That village is only as strong as they are together, you know, defense against anything else out there. If we could look at our home, our, 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 um, our business, even where we live as a village all right and we're all in this to help one another the best the better and that would really help quite considerably but, absolutely you know we've we've got to be willing to take responsibility and onus for our own reactions and not bring and dump all over other people because we're feeling miserable mm -hmm. on ourselves absolutely yep absolutely be willing to change <laughs> it's not a dirty word. <laughs> it's not. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Relax. Let go. Go with Let the flow. Go. Exactly. And you know what? Imagine you were wearing the same clothes and the same underwear day in and day out. The whole idea of it, ooh, crusty. <laughs> you know? So look at it as just changing your outfit. You're changing your outlook. Yeah. Right? So why are you making it so hard for yourself? We do sometimes, don't we? I mean, some yeah. people really make their lives difficult. Yeah. And then they're perpetuating that pattern over right. and over and over again. So what's next for you right now in this summer season? You know, where what is happening? You've obviously pivoted to yourself right now. So, yeah. you know, what are you offering your clientele right now? And who, who would be your clientele? Yeah, well, one of the things that we're doing with coaches, therapists, leaders, and managers is welcoming them into our certification program where we really teach leaders all the things that we were talking about today, right? So that you can embody um, being able to help somebody else turn on their motivational switch mm -hmm. inside of themselves mm -hmm. rather than needing to try to force or change people. Right. So, yeah. So, um so our certification program, the sensation-based motivation coaching certification program is opening in September and we're starting to welcome leaders into that program. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, and you know what, when you know you need to change and you're willing to do it, the question is how, yeah. well, Arnie's got the how, right? <laughs> but if you're not willing to come and say, I wish to change, I want different practices, I want to change the way I look at things, then you're not going to know how to do it, but that willingness needs to be there. 
It's so true. Sometimes people will ask us, you know, who's your ideal client? Who's not your ideal client? And really, you know, if you're a person who works with people, you're our ideal client, unless you are not willing yes. to put yourself in relationship, in a new relationship with change. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> really. That's Otherwise, it. come on over. <laughs> yeah. It's not about, oh, no, go and change everybody in my business, but I'm all right. No, exactly. no, no. <laughs> uh -uh. no. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't work at all. No. You've got so. to be willing to put yourself in a new relationship with change for everybody. Yeah. It's like making a vegan cake with eggs. It doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or bacon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, also, you know, your book. I mean, we did the last show yeah. on your book, Find Your Soul's Agenda. And it, yeah. I think more and more and more now we're talking about soul talk, which is wonderful. Are, isn't but, it? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So tell yeah. us a bit about the book and where well, people can find it. Yeah, it's it's um it, it really is great when um I, I hear more and more people talking about the soul of business or um, you know spirituality in some capacity in business because I think that really speaks to the fact that we are willing to integrate ourselves as humans rather than putting ourselves in these boxes where certain things belong and certain things don't. You know, it's really that inclusivity that I think a lot of people are looking for. Um, so Find Your Soul's Agenda, the book, can be found on Amazon. It can be found on findyoursoulsagenda.com. Um, it is a part of our certification program where we teach leaders how to really help people to find their purpose in a very empowering way um, that puts a person in relation to their emotional life, not just their intellectual mm -hmm. life and what I want to accomplish, but mm -hmm. who I am. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, we're working on a really interesting project right now in our company to um, with another company who's reimagining healthcare. And one of the cool things that we're doing is we're talking with people, healthcare providers, um, uh, healthcare leaders, and also the, the clientele of the healthcare system, which is everybody. It's not just about be, it's not just about doing healthy things. It's about being healthy. Yeah. And it's that interplay between doing health and being health that creates well-being, right? Yes. It's really important. And so the Find Your Soul's agenda bit is a really about coming into a new relationship with who you are so that you can be really impactful with what you do. That's where it all starts, isn't it? It is. You know, you it's are taking yourself into every situation that you do. Every yeah. you are with you everywhere you go. You can't escape you. However much you try, alcohol, drugs, drinking, abstaining from life, you are still with you. Yeah. So the, when you choose to then find your soul's agenda, you know, what is your meaningful purpose? Who are you here to serve? How are you here to serve them? And that willingness to take that journey and that self-discovery and really have them the passion to want to bring about change in other people's lives. Now you've got it. Now you're truly living. It's true. Now you're truly living. Now you really feel like you're alive. I mean, still so many people say, I know there's more, or I don't feel completely alive. I feel like I'm depleted in some capacity. Each of us has the, the ability at the end of the day to go to bed and feel like I truly lived. Right, right. So I've got two sites here, the motivationbeyondmeasure.com. That's your general site. It is. Yes, and then is. you've got the overcoming resistance to change.com. Is that where you're offering that a new program? 
That is, yeah, that's where we have a free mini course that people can just get a taste of what we're doing, see if it resonates. And, um, you know, if they want to decide to learn more, we do a lot more in terms of overcoming resistance to change. Right. Again, the willingness, right? So, willingness. you know, so um, people can get your book on Amazon. Yeah. Yep. That, that's where it is. <laughs> Find your soul's agenda. Ani Anderson, her site, motivationalbeyondmeasure.com. And uh, to look at uh, how to accept change, it's overcomingresistancetochange.com. And also they can contact you at info at motivationalbeyondmeasure.com as well. Yep, you got it. Motivation Beyond Measure. That's where we are. Right. And, you know, come back and listen to her again and to previous shows. And it's uh, we've definitely got to have you back on again. I love this. Um, we need to do a roundtable. I think that will be fun. I think so, too. That yes. would be really fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So we'll have to look at who's good for the partnership there and do a roundtable. And, you know, what? summer's here right now. And a lot of people just want to go, you know what? We've been set out of jail. I just want to soak up the sun and just enjoy <laughs> life. And you know what? That's important. You it know, is, soaking up is. love, you know, and, yeah. and love and life and kind of getting back into that wonderful harmony. Because yeah. then when you do kind of get back into work and back into the routine, you are going to be bringing that refreshers of yourself there. Which yeah, is yeah. Summer is such an interesting time. We've got the long days. And so there's time for us to work and there's time for us to play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a powerful time of year to really, like you said, refresh ourselves and do the work and get ready for whatever it is we're going to be letting go of and growing into in the fall, right? Like it's that harvest time in the fall. Yeah. So, yeah. And we don't know what the fall is going to be. We're hoping that the pandemic yeah. is behind us. Yeah. But, you know, it will raise its ugly head again during flu season. It's going to be there. Common yep. sense needs to prevail. You need to have yeah. your boss in the back of your mind. Okay. Should it come up? It's, you know, people work from home. You know, let's, let's have that as a contingency. Should it come up? Even just flu season. Yeah. You know, it used to be if you were sick, take a Advil, come to work and sniffle all over everybody. And then everybody goes, <laughs> right. now it's like, you're sick, stay home. I don't want to see you. Right? We have more options nowadays, don't we? Yeah, yeah, uh, we do. And that is the big word, options. When yeah. you give people options and you're flexible and you're willing to bend with them, then they're going to bend right back and bend backwards for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> been wonderful having you here again love i love talking to you thanks so much for having me and we'll definitely book that round table and have Sounds another good. conversation <laughs> uh, and i think perhaps it might be a good one of you know preparing for the fall you know in yes. anticipation because we were we know what it would like to be but we and and i think contingency plans is a good idea of preparation for the fall so absolutely like get get real get practical and be in that wonderful headspace right yes yes yeah. Be wondrous, but you know, like when, anytime you go on an adventure, you don't know what you're going into. It's, <laughs> it's you know, exploration, yeah. but you have in your backpack things to prepare you for it. Yes. So let's look at the fall that way. We don't know what we're going into. It could be wonderful to explore, but let's have in the backpack what we are prepared to do should this or that happen. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful way to look at it as an adventure. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do a show on the fall ex uh, adventure and preparing for it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to come back for that one, folks. <laughs>
always a delight to have you here. And, uh, you know, don't forget, folks, you just go over to her site, uh, which is beyond motivationbeyondmeasure.com and also the overcoming resistance to change.com find your soul's agenda by Annie Anderson on Amazon there's a lot here for you to just to soak up and just let it sit with you let it sit with you because you don't have to change everything overnight one toe one foot one yard at a time it doesn't matter it's all about sure-footedness when you feel sure-footed then you feel confident to take the next step but the willingness to do so, right? Absolutely. Thanks so much again for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And everyone else, please don't be afraid to change. It's not a dirty word. It's something we do absolutely every day without even realizing it. The more we embrace it, the easier it's going to be and the more opportunities are going to be placed in front of you. So until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.